The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Movie time. Ro McDermott, movie editor with Hot Press, is with us. And we're going to start with new Idris Elba movie, which is what? This is called Beast. And it could have essentially been shortened from Man versus Beast because at the start of this film, which is essentially about Idris Elba needing to punch a lion in the face, uh, there is a character wearing a Jurassic Park movie. And that's a little bit of a wink and a nod to the audience saying, this is the kind of movie this is. This is an eco-thriller. This is a safari gone wrong with kids, a father who has to protect them. But actually, if you're looking at Steven Spielberg as a touchpoint for this movie, it's more like Jaws, except replace a shark with a lion, put Idris Elba in, and this is what you get. So this is man versus beast, but it's also about how men inflict evils on each other. It's about recovering from grief. It's about protecting your pride, or in this case, your family. The parallels are there. This is pure B-movie. If it came out in the 90s, there would have been cues out of the cinema to go see it. It is Idris Elba versus a lion. So there are layers to it, but in a line, that's what it is. And it's what you see is what you get. And thankfully, what you get is really, really good You've fun. you enjoyed this. This is really good fun. This is Balthazar uh, Comacore, who people might know. He is big into these ideas of man versus nature. So he directed Adrift, which is about people stranded in the ocean. He directed Everest. You can guess what that's about. He directed <laughs> Contraband, which is Mark Wahlberg uh, as a gun runger com- combating these things. So he's big into these, you know, single tough men fighting the odds or man versus nature. And he combines this in this film. So Idris Elba is a widower, a recent widower. Uh, he has two teenage daughters and it comes out quite quickly in the first kind of 20 minutes of this film that he hasn't been a very present father, that they kind of blame him for not being there, that he's trying to make up for lost time and lost ground since the death of his wife. But his daughters really aren't ready to forgive him. But he takes them to South Africa, which was the home place of his wife, um, to go on a safari. He meets up with an old friend there who is a suspicious, slightly character. He's a good friend, but he's very ambiguous and vague about what he does for a living. And the girls start to suspect that he's an anti-poacher, which is a phenomenon that's gotten a bit of attention in the news recently, actually, because of a controversy surrounding the author of uh, Where the Crawdads Are. Uh, So it's people who attack poachers on their land and often sometimes kill them. So their view is that they're protecting animals, animals that are under threat of extinction. But of course, it's killing another person. So ethically, it's all over the place. But there is a... A lot of lion attacks are happening off screen in the first act of this. So we come across lions who've been slaughtered by poachers and we come across villagers who've been slaughtered by lions. And then we are set up that uh, it's we're informed very early on that the lionesses in the pride do the hunting, but the male lions, they protect the tribe. And one lion is out to get revenge for the violence that has been inflicted on his pride. Also, Idris Elba is out protecting his family. Do you see the parallels? Well, They're really subtle. It's been layered for the movie. <laughs> Let's hear a clip from the trailer. Anything like this. Multiple attacks without eating its prey. Lions don't do that. At least no lion I've ever seen. Go back to the calls. Well, Idris Elba is an actor I think he's got real presence and mm-hmm. charisma 
But is he actually a leading man? And I ask that because there's been a lot of speculation about him potentially being a new James Bond, although maybe he's maybe getting a bit too old to do that. I don't know. Ah, I think that James Bond's... The, I mean, we had Sean Connery for so long, who I know wasn't particularly old when he was doing it, but in my head, James Connery was always in his 60s. And just Daniel constantly. Craig was in, well into his 50s now, wasn't he? Right, 50 is the new 30. You know, you've heard that. I'm with that. <laughs> Adrian Zabba, I think he's a brilliant actor, genuinely, and I think he has such charisma. He has such an incredible physicality on screen. I think he's often underused. I think he was so wasted in the Thor movies, for example. But in movies like Beasts of No Nation, he's really shown his acting chops. He's really good at playing the intensity. He has this kind of protective quality to him. He can play vulnerability really well. And then he can be really smart talking and really kind of witty as you can see in films like Molly's Game. He was great in Molly's Game as the lawyer giving Jessica Chastain's character all the advice. Really, really strong in that. Really fantastic. So I think he can play play with all different kind of layers and tones and I think he does that really well here because essentially this is a man versus a lion, right? He literally punches a lion in the face. I'm not going to lie, I enjoy that scene a lot. But he also plays with these layers of being a father, of trying to protect his girls, of knowing that he's disappointed them, of grappling with grief. I will say I love a film that doesn't overstay its welcome and this film is an hour and a half. It's short, it's short, it's sharp. I do feel there could have been some flashbacks, for example, to him and his wife to kind of round out the character. But he's on screen for nearly all of this movie and seeing even his shock when he sees dead lions, dead people, copying on to what his best friend is doing, the ethical ramifications of that, and then just trying to protect his family. I think he really, really holds his attention. And Balthazar... Um, the director, he really knows to stay with Idris Elba and he does incredibly long takes in this movie. There are unbroken shots, there's CGI lines, but they work really, really well because the camera moves with the characters, stays with the characters POV. So you really feel the tension and you're constantly wondering where the lion is. So he really ramps up that tension. But it's Idris Elba's performance that really harnesses it. And I presume it must be CGI when he punches the lion in the face because that's not something even a stunt actor would do. So anyone who's been offended by Rose saying that she really enjoyed <laughs> Enjoyed that. Peter are going to be on to me. <laughs> Rose enjoying the CGI lion been hit. All right. Um, tell me about official competition. This is my favourite movie of the week, I have to say. Everybody should go see this. I think particularly if you're a fan of cinema, this is so much fun. This is directed by Gaston Duprat and Mariana Cohen and it stars Penelope Cruz, Antonio Banderas and Oscar Martinez. And it is basically a dissection of the movie industry. Penelope Cruz plays uh, this incredibly eccentric, beautiful, uh, highly acclaimed director kind of in the in the leagues of Jane Campion maybe where we learn that she's won the Candor that she works on only a film every few years but she is an auteur she's on screen she has this huge rack of like curly red hair she's incredibly enigmatic and she has been hired by a billionaire to make a movie because this billionaire is, uh, is coming on his last legs he wants to leave a legacy so he buys the rights to a Nobel winning uh, Pulitzer Prize winning book that he has not read but he thinks I'm going to pay for the movie adaptation of this my legacy will live on through the art. So she's adapting it and she hires the two best actors of the generation, Antonio Banderas' character and Oscar Martinez. Antonio Banderas plays a movie star. His arrival into the movie, he pulls up in a Ferrari with a gorgeous blonde kissing her, going in, swaggering in. He has an assistant, he's a diva. Whereas Oscar Martinez plays an indie, an acclaimed indie uh, actor who really gets into the philosophy of acting. He's a method actor. He teaches. He doesn't want to be in first class on planes. He refutes the Oscars because he believes that... um, 
art isn't a competition and people shouldn't be pitched against each other. However, he practices this speech about refuting the Oscars while practicing accepting his Oscar speech in the mirror. So you're playing with these two actors coming from different philosophies, but with each huge egos. And at the centre, you have Penelope Cruz directing them through rehearsals of this movie, trying to balance their egos and proving that she understands them and isn't going to take their nonsense. So it's about seeing these actors all playing together in a really, really fun way, just dissecting the ego over everything it really reminded me there's an infamous anecdote about Laurence Olivier and Dustin Hoffman being on set together and Dustin Hoffman having to arrive on into the scene as sweaty and he was I running I think he'd gone three days without sleep and out on the tear in New York hadn't he in preparation for the scene and then he decided to run around the set for a half an hour so he was sweaty and exhausted and Laurence Olivier simply looked at him and said have you thought about acting my dear boy so these are the kind of characters that we're grappling with but the directors here have so much fun playing with Penelope Cruz's character really challenging them there's one brilliant scene where she wants to heighten the tension in rehearsals so she makes them sit under a huge boulder that's been suspended by a crane and is wobbling quite precariously <laughs> and just seeing how they act um, and the, the way the directors cast this and the way they shoot it they're very close on people's faces there are multiple scenes where Antonio Banderas's character is speaking but you can also see him on a huge screen behind him so you're playing with this idea of the actor, the performance, what the audience sees um, and it's so much fun to watch. There are so many sly digs about the industry about ego and seeing these three really incredible actors play together it's just a joy. Um, the final movie we have this week is called Mr Malcolm's List. What's this? Another completely different one but this is for people if you love a Jane Austen movie, if you love Bridgerton, but maybe you want something a little bit more classic, a little less Ariana Grande uh, remixes in the background, maybe a little less sex, this is what we're going for. So this is a Regency era movie and it's about the threat of gossip in high society. So we have Frida Pinto, who people would know from Slumdog Millionaire. She plays Selena Dalton. So she grew up, she was a, a less high class person. She was t- she spent her life um getting charity from people, taking care of old people. But one of her best friends, Lady uh, Lady Thiswhistle, who played uh, by Zoe Ashton, she has been courted or courted by the most eligible bachelor in society, Mr. Malcolm, who's played by Sopu Dirasu. Now, Mr. Malcolm has a literal list of things he wants in a wife. And unfortunately, Lady Thiswhistle does not meet them and she's embarrassed by this, mortified. So she sets up her friend with him as a revenge plot to say, you're going to embarrass him. He's, you're going to make him fall in love with you and then you're going to reject him. Really, really good fun. Comedy of manners. Regency era. Gorgeous look at. We hear a clip from it because we have a clip with Lady Thiswhistle enlisting Selena Dalton to get revenge on The Bachelor who humiliated her. What sort of list? It is a list of the qualifications he is looking for in a bride. But he believes himself to be so superior that his qualifications are quite unreachable. I would love for Mr Malcolm to receive the comeuppance he deserves. But I need your assistance. My assistance? we were to present you as the perfect woman that he's looking for and then allow him to discover that you have a list and he does not meet the requirements on your list (laughs) well that would be a perfect sort of poetic justice 
I said, I said, this, this, it's thistle weight. I was getting confused with Bridgerton and Whistledown. They're all the same. <laughs> um, but this is a really fun, charming, lighthearted reimagining of the revenge plot. It's kind of like 10 things I hate about you meets Jane Austen, this Regency romance era. The women are swept off their feet at evening balls. First encounters occur in moonlight soaked gardens. It's really, really good fun. And all of the performances are brilliant. And what's lovely about this and what I think is a really, really lovely influence of something like Bridgerton is that it's colourblind casting. Three of the leads are people of colour. And you can absolutely ignore that and just focus on the gorgeous performance and the wittiness and the charm of it, which is all there. Or you can read into the layers of that. Like, what does it mean for Mr. Malcolm, who is a black man, to be the most eligible bachelor in society? How does that influence the politics of this? It doesn't linger on these themes, but it just adds a lovely layer. And of course, I think it's so important for diversity to open up, particularly in this genre where we've seen so many stories centred on white characters. So having the colourblind casting just adds another layer of modernity to it. But it's really charming, really good fun. And again, if you're a Jane Austen fan or a Bridgerton fan, if you're a Bridgerton fan, you might miss some of the sex, but it's about meeting (laughs) minds. It's about flirtation. It's about courtship. And it's about these layers of deception that are always happening. But ultimately, it's about gossip and how it destroys people. And I think a lovely thing that we can all bring into the, the modern dating culture. There are so many people who are going on apps right now. They have checklists of what they want in a partner. And this film really says, do you need all that is that really important or is it the connections you can actually make so I think it's a lovely lovely watch Rome McDermott Movies Editor with Hot Press thank you for being with us here on The Last Word Today FM The Last Word with Matt Cooper Today FM It all happens here